Hello, market meditators, and welcome to your daily market briefing. Short, snappy, no BS, 10-minute daily updates about the crypto markets. Delivered to you by me, Kin. New events have recently come to my attention regarding the FTX scandal. Just when we thought things couldn't get any worse for the crypto markets, this new event really puts that into question. Unfortunately, this event suggests that more pain is to come. I'll give you a full overview of that event in today's call. What we cover today will be especially important for anyone with any exposure at all in the cryptocurrency markets. If that sounds like you, let's go. When conducting any type of analysis in the cryptocurrency markets, the first clues we can draw are from the charts. So let's take a quick look. BTC, still trading just below that 17k level, 16.7k, up actually 1% on the 24 hour, so things could be worse. And Ethereum is at the 1.2k level, a little bit up on the 24 hour, it was trading a little bit lower yesterday, uh, so that's good to see. Winners on the 24 hours are a trust wallet token, as we've discussed the last few days, people are really cautious now of centralized exchanges, don't want extra exposure there, and are looking at a lot of alternatives like cold storage, self-custody, external wallets, and of course, Trust Wallet Token falls into that category. So we are seeing that impressive rally, we should note as well, up 95% on the seven day. The other altcoin that's doing pretty well on the 24 hour is Chili's token up about 9%. Now, of course, we've got the Qatar World Cup coming up and uh, football fans are just about as dedicated and motivated as can be sort of trying to see that blend between crypto fans and football fans really coming through, through Chili's token. This could be a potential explosive high growth area of the cryptocurrency market, seeing some of that passion and uh, I would say even risk-taking attitude of football sports fans feeding through as a new growing demographic into our cryptocurrency markets. Right, charts done. Before we get into why the FTX collapse is going to bring us more pain. Let's just make sure we're up to date as well on the current happenings, the current status of the FTX collapse drama. Remember, this is a very live story. There are new updates every hour. So let's just make sure we're all up to speed there. Another one bites the dust. FTX's bankruptcy has caused devastation for untold numbers of retail investors, but the spreading contagion stands to affect thousands more as other institutions connected to the bankrupt exchange continue coming forward. Remember, contagion risk refers to the fact that when one big company collapses, many are soon to follow. This company is like an octopus or something with its arms and legs all over the ecosystem, lending here, borrowing there, setting up a partnership there. And when that big company collapses, many are soon to come, sort of like a domino effect, knock one over, and all will eventually collapse one by one. According to information published by The Block, Asian crypto lending platform Vault is among the most severely affected by the downfall. According to sources with direct knowledge of the matter, Vault has around $10 million on FTX that it can no longer access. This is a continuation of an already disappointing year for Vault, which had to halt client withdrawals in July and presently owes over $400 million to its creditors. In the following month of August, India's enforcement directorate froze another $46 million in assets after a client's involvement in a money laundering case came to light. Vold is, however, still limping along for the moment after receiving another credit protection extension. January the 20th is a new deadline to have its finances straightened out. Amidst all of this financial uncertainty, Vold 
continues to pursue a potential deal with rival lending firm Nexo, entering into a 60-day due diligence agreement, which has already been extended twice but could lead to an eventual purchase of Vault. But as we've come to find out, these acquisition deals don't usually come to light. For now, customer funds on Vault remain inaccessible as extensions continue to be in no short supply. Nexo has yet to publicly comment on any impact Vault's FTX exposure may have on the likelihood of a successful acquisition deal. Remember, we are dealing with businesses here, not charities. Binance, Nexo, these businesses will only acquire a business if it makes financial sense. Unfortunately, the motivation to just protect customers is not really applicable in the realm of business. It's not a charity. Speaking of Binance and FTX, let's see the latest that we've heard from FTX itself until we then move on to my point around why the situation is, a lot, is about to get a lot more dire. Yesterday, John J. Ray III, acting CEO and chief restructuring officer at the of the FTX group, filed a Chapter 11 bankruptcy motion in the US. Ray is charged with sifting through the rubble that was once valued at $32 billion and recovering assets for debtors. Ray's motion confirms a lot of the speculation that has been floating around this week saying, never in my career have I seen such a complete failure of corporate controls and such a complete absence of trustworthy financial information. A statement not to be taken lightly because John, of course, has been involved with some of the biggest financial collapses and bankruptcies in the world, such as Enron's bankruptcy. So for him to be saying this is some of the worst financial situations he's seen is a big statement. Emotion names various controls that were absent from the FTX group, but necessary for a functioning business. The restructuring officer found a lack of accounting records, unaudited balance sheets, and financial statements. Human resources records were also missing from the headquarters. In fact, the debtors were unable to compile a current list of employees. Although you'd imagine you could count them on one hand now. One of the most shocking discoveries was that FTX corporate funds were used to purchase properties in the Bahamas for employees and advisors with no loan documentation and registered in the individual's name with the local government. And as previously suspected, Ray did find evidence that Alameda had a secret exemption from the auto liquidation feature at FTX, leading many to wonder how they were able to lose so much money that they needed loans from FTX. Adding to the chaos, the Bahamas securities regulator released an announcement that they did order SBF to access the exchange after stepping down as CEO and transfer all assets to a digital wallet controlled by the Commission for Safety. Now, a possible jurisdiction battle could be brewing over the bankruptcy hearings for the FTX group of companies. Although SBF initially filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, he appears to be encouraging the regulators in the Bahamas to exert authority over the proceedings. So that's the current state of affairs, and probably you're thinking, how could this possibly get worse? Well, there's a few revelations that have been made in recent days, which just goes to show that more pain is coming. For example, we've been clued in recently as to just how politically involved the situation is. Mainstream media has been absolutely quiet on everything that's been going on, and Twitter has emerged as a sort of leading light, if you like, on this situation. Apparently, Biden gave loads of money to Ukraine, who gave loads of money to FTX, who gave loads of money to the Democrats. Sounds like a potentially massive scandal the media will have absolutely no interest in covering. 
Remember, a lot of mainstream media is owned by very powerful people. These powerful people have a lot of political incentives, such as seeing the Democrats win, and it might not be in their best interest to expose scandals like this, which might look very bad for their political affiliations. Brian Armstrong has also commented on this, tweeting recently that Twitter has broken just about every piece of this FTX story using blockchain analytics, while the New York Times is writing puff pieces on a criminal. Feels like a turning point for citizen journalism and loss of trust in MSM. And really, some of these theories run very deep indeed. Sam Bankman-Fried's political contributions have been compared with the political contributions of really some very questionable characters. Again, a lot of surfacing about Biden funding Ukraine, Ukraine funding FTX, FTX funding the Democrats with millions. Comes as absolutely no surprise then that FTX is trying to disassociate with Sam Bankman-Fried. Saying in a Twitter thread, a statement from John Ray, Chief Restructuring Officer and CEO of FTX Official regarding Mr. Bankman-Fried's recent public statements. As previously announced, Mr. Bankman-Fried resigned on November 11th from FTX official FTX US Alameda Research and their directly and indirectly owned subsidiaries. Mr. Bankman-Fried has no ongoing role at FTX official FTX US or Alameda Research and does not speak on their behalf. Here he's probably referring to the Twitter thread that SBF has been sort of periodically contributing to, which is um, a lot of fluff and uh, mix and match of sort of trying to explain what went on, but also not fully taking any responsibility for it, but uh, reinforcing the fact that he's going to do everything he can for customers, ahead of investors, ahead of shareholders. So of course, the news of the political associations are bad, but it's actually not the worst of the matter. It's not the thing that concerns me the most. If we thought SBF had any trustworthiness or credibility left, we might have had some faith in a statement that he is committed to uh, doing right by customers. But uh, in case there was any shadow of a doubt left, recent exposures have shown that SBF is quite literally lying to us. In a recent Vox interaction, Sam Bankman-Fried had tried to explain himself and revealed something about the intentions of his recent communications on Twitter. The communication reads as follows. He said a lot of good stuff about how you want to make regulations, just good ones. Was that pretty much just public relations too? SBF responds. There's no one really out there making good things happen and bad things don't. Usually there's only one toggle, do more or do less. Yeah, just PR. F regulators, they make everything worse. They don't protect customers at all. So basically he's confessed that every single tweet and correspondence he's making is just for his public image and how he will appear to the masses. Binance CEO CZ talked about SPF with the Milken Institute on November the 17th, and he explained that he did not know why SPF considered Binance a sparring partner. CZ says that when SPF reached out to the Binance executive, CZ thought it was about an OTC deal to buy FTT tokens. CZ noted that when SPF called the former FTX CEO, detailed that they were in big trouble and the company was looking for a buyout. CZ was asked at the Milken Institute why SBF would tweet and call the company Binance or CZ a sparring partner. The Binance CEO responded and said, I think only a psychopath can write that tweet. In addition to calling SBF a psychopath, CZ further noted that he believes SBF should stop tweeting and noted that he should put on a suit to face the music in Washington, D.C. 
So the point around more pain coming, around it getting worse, just seems that even if there was a 1% chance that there was anything genuine behind these tweets from SBF that is sort of now eradicated through these recent screenshots and revelations. So this has all been quite a heavy call. Can we draw a possible silver lining or a glimpse of hope from this? Let's give it a go. Maybe, just maybe, this will be the last giant to fall this cycle, at least according to a hedge fund co-founder. While the FTX crisis is continuing to unfold, the former head of risk at Credit Suisse believes the exchange's fall from grace should be the last catastrophic event, at least in this market cycle. The former head of valuation risk at Credit Suisse and now co-founder of a crypto hedge fund said that FTX's fall was part of a deleveraging process that began after the COVID-19 pandemic and further accelerated after the fall of Terra Luna Classic, formerly Terra. When Luna blew up a few months ago, I expected a huge amount of deleveraging process to kick in. He then went on to speculate that FTX should be the last of the big players to get cleaned up during this cycle. Before its collapse, FTX was the third largest crypto exchange by volume after Binance and Coinbase. Quote, now I'm sure there are multiple players that will probably get impacted in the following weeks, you know, small, large, but I would say this one in terms of magnitude will be one of the larger ones before the whole cycle really ends. So maybe greener pastures wait for us. One thing that's for certain is that we should not be trusting these statements being given to us by Sam Bankman-Fried. We should put fate into our own hands, perhaps beginning by considering exchanges other than having a lot of your crypto on centralized exchanges. Let's get this party started. That is how you say goodbye on a Friday.